the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation. 888-528-2557. And it is good to be with you. We talk about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. And I've been putting out this warning today because somebody in the studio, we don't know who, it's a mystery around here. They uh, they sprayed a bunch of, and I won't say the brand name, but some kind of, you know, one of those air freshener things that just sort of lingers in the air. What's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with it is that uh, it's so much of it. And I have scoured the studio looking for like a plug-in version of it or something that it is uh, – it's like making my eyes water. <laughs> it is – it's kind of incredible actually how much it is. So I'm wondering – I'm tasting it. I'm smelling it. And uh, I think by the end of the show, I just might – I might just like pass out and Wilbert's going to have to take over uh, the program today. You ready for that? You got a segment or two ready, Wilbert, in case I don't make it? Shohani, uh, Shohei Otani Watch 2023. All right. Well, we got new. We got news about that. We did that in the, the last hour, but you better come up with something different, you know. So I'm putting I'm Wilbur, a one-trick pony, Scott. I'm putting Wilbert on the spot. You know, I should do that I mean, one of these times, just like get up and like say, I'll be right back, and then not come back and see what you do. And the current weather is. <laughs> That's right. He's like, you're going to Google random things about today. You know, uh, today is ballpoint pen day. Who knew? Yes. All right. Um, <coughs> excuse me. See, there it is. It's already it's it's affecting me. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get pulled over. You know, if you've been under the well, it's I've been under the uh, air freshener, whatever it is. Eight 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 five two eight two five five. You ever destroy your house with air freshener? You think it's a good thing? We did that recently. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Tomorrow, by the way, we'll be out at uh, Aldic Home uh, in Van Nuys on Sepulveda Boulevard for our toy drive with the CHP. And uh, so our partners are uh, the Highway Patrol and Speak Joy and Christmas Wish and the new unwrapped toys, bicycles, sporting goods, gift cards for deserving children and teens throughout Southern California uh, will be collected there at this event. This is the last one, I think, for uh, KKLA and our sister station in Los Angeles. Uh, KRLA. Doing that, I'll be at Aldic Home. Check that out tomorrow from 3 to 5. Looking for a good time there. Plus, you can go there and get some good Christmas decorations and uh, other stuff. Go to kkla.com and click on the Christmas Toy Collection Events banner for more information. And uh, we'll see you there tomorrow. Okay. Um, 2024. That is coming up here in just, what, 16 days, 17 days, depending on how you count it. Can you believe that? 2024. How do you think 2024 is going to go? Like in the in the years, you know, there's certain years I think that we remember. When you say 2020, well, everybody's going to understand that year, right? Uh, 2024 might be one of those years we're going to have to wait and see. How would you discern it? Do you ever take a look at? And this is maybe this is just me, but maybe this is you too. Do you take a 
a opportunity to say, how is this word this year going to go or the next few months? You could do this at any time, of course. And how am I prepared for it? What is the discernment that I need to have so that I am better prepared to not be deceived or not be caught off guard by things that could happen? It's a great thing to do in life, right? It is. There are certain things that are unknown knowns, uh, somebody once put, right? There's that we know, for example, that there will be an earthquake in California at some point, uh, but we don't know when. And all the predictions have been wrong, right? So at some point, because we know how the the fault lines work and we got San Andreas, we know there's going to be an earthquake. Are you prepared for that? Like, are you, do you have water? Do you have the things that you need in your house? Um, the federal government told us, by the way, a while ago, secretively in the back page of the LA Times, hey, if, when the big one happens, don't expect any help from Washington for a couple of weeks. So, you know, we we know that that's coming. So good discernment is to say, you know what, that could happen at any time. I should have some water and I should have some food and I should have some things. Uh, A lot of us don't, but uh, we should probably do that. Sometimes there's discernment about uh, also things that we just don't know is coming. And there's there's things that we don't know. 2024 is going to have an election. And would you say that this 2024 election season is going to be tame? Is it going to be run-of-the-mill, regular, oh, it's an election year and we got a couple of candidates and there'll be, you know, primaries and there'll be, de- you know, conventions and there'll be a debate and it's going to be normal? I would say no. <laughs> I'd say there is so much possibility and I've got to be careful. The number, by the way, is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. How is 2024 going to go? How do we get prepared for it? I'm not saying you know, don't call and say you got to go dig yourself a bunker and get underneath the, the ground. Okay. Uh, they build those bunkers out there. I was, I was reading in a magazine where they had these bunkers that you can buy and you can live in them with like several families and go with them underground. And they had this like central living room area. And it made me laugh because there's a big screen TV on the wall. And I thought, well, what are you going to watch? You know, what is there live news still going on? If there is, you should come up out of the ground anyway. Uh, but you know, reasonably speaking, we have a year coming where there's going to be a lot of controversy, I think. I think that you can discern that, right? So the House of Representatives yesterday voted to open an official impeachment inquiry into President Biden. On this vote, the yeas are 221 and the nays are 212. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. All right, that doesn't mean they will impeach the president, but they're definitely on that path. It was a party line vote, which suggests that uh, if they impeach him, they'll have a trial and then it'll go to the Senate and they will acquit him and nothing will come of it. Um, But it's going to be very politically divisive unless something just comes out and it's like, you know, uh, here's the here's the receipts. Here's what you really need uh, for a you know, to convince Democrats to go along with the conviction. You know, that happened eventually with Richard Nixon. Eventually, the Republicans said, you know, we don't want to, you know, for a long time we were against that, but uh, gosh, you know, uh, once those tapes came out and though that 18 and a half uh, minutes that got somehow magically erased, uh, Mr. Nixon, uh, you're going to have to resign. Unless something like that happens, then uh, nothing's going to come of it. It's divisive. You've got, uh, I'm not saying to do it or not do it. I'm just saying that it's going to cause more stress in an already stressful system. Not saying right or wrong, or just for the the point is to discern, you know, what's happening. Donald Trump's trials, right? The Supreme Court is going to weigh in. How is that going to go? However they decide, 
If you're not following that story, the Supreme Court is going to weigh in on a couple of questions related to the the Washington, D.C. trial of Donald Trump, which is about January 6th. And there's two issues that they're going to decide on. One is the interpretation of a law that also affects a lot of the people who have been arrested and charged for the January 6th riots uh, about um, whether or not the law is being applied properly to the disruption of an official proceeding, right? Uh, Some lawyers are arguing that the law is really about hearings and disrupting the evidence-gathering procedures, not actually about canceling a vote. And so the Supremes are going to take that up, and there's there's different arguments in different ways. It's going to affect a lot, though. If uh, they rule uh, against the prosecutors in this, then a lot of people are going to be um, – have their charges dropped, including uh, President Trump. Uh, The President Trump other one is going to be – He's charged with a couple of other things on January 6th. One of them is making baseless claims to disrupt and take away rights of people by the scheme to have Mike Pence reject the electoral votes, which never actually occurred, which is an interesting thing to me, uh, that, you know, if it didn't really happen, how much of it did you do? Their Supremes are going to weigh in on that. But what I'm getting at here is not to get into those issues, but if the Supremes, by that I mean the Supreme Court, you know, if you're looking for music, that's not what I mean. If the Supremes vote and the rulings go in favor of, say, Donald Trump and those court cases are dropped or vice versa, they rule in favor of Jack Smith and the prosecutors and the court cases move on, are people on both sides, on either side, going to claim foul? I think that we're living in a time when they are, that almost no matter what happens in a lot of these things that are coming – one side or the other is going to cry foul that somebody's cheating. You know, if they go in favor of Donald Trump, then the left is going to say oh, it's Trump's court and they should recuse themselves. And three of those people are Donald Trump's people. And they, you know, uh, they're going to say that it's all it's all been rigged since the beginning. But if they go for Donald Trump, then the people on the right are going to say uh, this is all against Donald Trump. It's a scam and it's been built up from, you know, there's going to say stuff, true, false or whatever it is. I feel like these things are going to, if we just try to discern into the year, divide us further. Now, what I'm praying about is that it's not true, that actually what I'm, that I'm wrong about that. What I'm praying about is that these things actually reveal, bring the truth to the surface in such a way that you can't deny it no matter what your, your politics are um, because the evidence is so clear one way or the other. That's, that would be better for our country. That's something I think to pray for. And when I try to think about this year, how do I prepare my family because of these things? Not right and wrong or not arguing one side or the other, but looking past however decisions are made. When you get to the conventions, is it going to be Biden and Trump at all? Maybe Donald Trump will be in jail and the Republicans will say, yeah, he's not the guy. Or maybe the Democrats are going to say he's too old. Biden's too old. We're going to pick somebody else. Uh, you know, there's those things are going to be Uh, It's just a whole new year with all of that. All that's to say is I think discernment is something that is a a wise thing to do. Do you agree? Do you think about this? Does it matter? 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. I think it matters because living our life requires us to try to anticipate what is coming and to be careful about philosophies that we will be approached with or deceivers that will be coming 
a lot of the time the Bible, when it's talking about deception, it's talking about spiritual deception, meaning teaching you about false Christ or false salvation or, you know, a, a fake form of Christianity. But some of it is just in, in general, you know, for uh, example, uh, Colossians 2.8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. I wonder how many of us feel captive by a human tradition philosophy. And see, by captive, I as I've been, I've just been thinking about this in such a way we're going to, and I'm thinking about it in the context of how are we on the show even going to talk about 2024 election year? It's going to be crazy. There's there's all kinds of stuff. I think we're going to have terrorist attacks. And so I got to be careful because I got in this conversation with a bunch of people yesterday and we laughed a lot uh, about it. But I'll tell you what, we discerned that by December, we're all cannibals. And, and that's not, <laughs> see, that's funny to me, but not fun. I know that's not funny to a lot of you. And that's not really what any of us think we are just that's how we processed the the uncertainty uh, and divisions of our time but is being captive by philosophy and empty deceit i think that has a couple of different applications one of them is is you believe a philosophy a way of life a reason for being that just isn't true we have a lot of that right now are you able to discern online, for example, news stories and whether they're true or false. There was a story that came out that is, uh, I believe it's not true as far as I can find, but it was everywhere on social media that Vladimir Zelensky bought a house in Florida. Um, And it's not true. You can go look up who bought it and who's the owner and all that stuff. It's all very public. But that went everywhere. And there are all these conspiracy theories coming up uh, about uh, however that means for Ukraine and for what's coming next year and all this. And I thought, why does anybody even go down that road when it takes five seconds to, uh, to determine whether or not that's true or not? How many things are we captive by? Beliefs that are sometimes contrary to Christianity, or maybe they're just tangential, meaning it doesn't matter that much. I mean, at the end of the day, all the governments are going to fail. We might be the last, we might be the best on earth, I think that we are, but everything falls short of the government that ultimately will be the government of Christ one day. And he makes that government, by the way, not us. That's something that happens. How much of human tradition are we captive by? Because it's so much of our conversation. I think about politics a lot. I always have since I was a little kid. I've been interested in it. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm old enough to know, gosh, we have a lot of the same issues all the time. And at the end of the day, God is in control. And he is, there's going to be good eras and bad eras. But at some point, things are going to wind up. You know what I'm saying? At some point, history is going to come to this point as the Bible describes, and I think we're very close to that, where things aren't very good and especially not real good for believers. So what? Then embrace that and say, what am I prepared to do when that time comes? How am I speaking to my kids about the world today? How am I talking to my kids in ways that my parents couldn't, meaning we didn't have internet, I think about this all the time with my boys. There was no internet growing up. And <laughs> which you know, I mean, there's, if you're a scientist somewhere at, you know, Caltech or something, you had some kind of internet. But for the rest of us, we didn't. I didn't even have internet access in college. Some people did, but I, I didn't. 
and the access to not just pornography, but just bad things, violent videos, controversial things, deceptive uh, politics or advertisements, other stuff, uh, that just wasn't there. There was no conversation with my dad about the dangers of the Internet. I have to have that conversation with my sons and have been. Um, the world today, they're beginning to ask questions about what they see on the news or what they hear. You know, there is a discernment that is required to pay attention to that. And I think you begin by asking God. If any of you lacks wisdom, James 1.5, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. That means if you're, you're listening and you're not a believer, you're not sure about who God is, and you've tuned into the Pastor Scott Show, either on purpose or an accident, or the person you're riding home from work with right now won't turn it off, and you're just tolerating it. You know, the Bible says he gives generously to all without reproach. That means you. And you've got some situation in your life, or you're worried about next year, or you're worried about, you know, how do I deal with this with my kids or my family? Ask God for wisdom. Say, God, I don't even know if you're there, but I'm going to ask And I think that that applies in such a way that you understand the wisdom right away. I think when we we ask what's the wise thing to do, it filters out a whole lot of stuff. Should I uh, go into debt because I like to go out to eat? Well, you could probably argue that you could pay it off later or that maybe you've got some kind of, uh, you know, income potential that maybe you'll reach. And yeah, sure, go into debt, use it on Visa and MasterCard and uh, just keep going out to eat and do that. You'll pay it off one day. You could argue that and then you could we could probably have a discussion about whether or not it's right, whether or not that's ethical. Is it moral? You know, is it legal? All of those things. But if you ask, is it wise? Well, the answer is no. There's no conversation, right? Is it wise to go into debt because you like to go out to eat? Nope, don't do that. Go to the store, buy a loaf of bread and some sandwich meat and make sandwiches. Much smarter, healthier, and uh, much, much better for you economically. I think, and I think that's pretty clear, right? Am I wrong? I think that's right. That doesn't mean there's probably some wisdom in saying once in a while we will treat ourselves and, and go out to eat and do something. Like, okay, you can probably argue that from a wisdom perspective, but See, when you ask what's wise in your life or when you look at the status of our country and things that you can't control or do anything about, you have opinions and you got opinions right or left, fine, but it's going to play out in a certain way. When you ask what's right, what's moral, what's legal, what's ethical, we can probably debate about that. But I bet there's much less to debate about when we ask what's wise. What's the wise thing for our government to do on the border? Not what's right, not what's moral or ethical or allowable, what's wise? I think that the options are narrower. What is wise with respect to, uh, some of them are hard, with respect to overseas wars and funding those things and our allies or, or not allies, you know, what's wise? That narrows the conversation. Uh, what's right, what's you know ethical, what's moral? You can probably get a whole bunch of, of answers, but I think you'll be headed down the path of the right answer if you're asking what's wise in your life is it do i do i keep my job do i take this job do i take this promotion do i find a new career do i go to this college do i go to this school do i marry her do i go out with him you know what is right what is moral what is ethical what is you know whatever you want to say you probably argue a whole lot of points but what is wise uh, that often gives you an answer immediately. Did you know that? Like, should I uh, should I go out with this person or not? Sometimes you don't know, but sometimes you do. 
You know, what's the right thing to do? I don't know. What's the wise thing to do? No, sometimes, right? Sometimes that's no right away. If you ask that question, you figure it out, should I uh, get drunk while I go out? You know, is it right? Is it okay? Is it moral or ethical? People have different opinions about that, but is it wise? No. Pretty simple. Uh, I want to encourage you to be wise, to look at 2024 and to go out and think about how you discern this year turning out. There's crazy stuff. We've got elections. We're going to have fighting. We're going to have, we're going to have a protest season like you probably haven't seen since 2020, maybe more. There are things that you can't control and you might have opinions about it one way or the other, but how's it going to play out? And what do you need to do to make sure that you're okay in your faith, to make sure that you're okay in your relationships with your family and your friends and particularly the people in your relational world who you want to maintain a Christian witness to? Have you thought, do you think that way about it? I think that's part of discipleship. I think that's part of the call that we have so much in Scripture. Test everything. Hold on to what is good. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. You know, ask the Lord for wisdom. There's so many passages about discernment and testing things. I think it's an active thing for us to do. I think it's what mature believers do. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the wise men at Christmas. And uh, I think some things that we can get from that, we'll take your calls at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow me on social media at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. We've been talking about uh, discernment and uh, the... uh the overabundance of air freshener in the studio right now that uh, is unusual, never happened before, and uh, my eyes are burning. <laughs> and I wear contacts. You ever have uh, – do you wear contacts? You wear, you wear glasses, Wilbert. I, I stick to glasses. I'm not a fan of uh, poking my eye. Yeah, well, you get used to that, you know, eventually sticking things in your eyes. You know that contact lenses were invented like in the 1800s. Really? Yeah, think about that. Like what kind of glass were you putting in your eyeball? Who convinced you to do that? Anyway, uh, and I'm having a bad contact day. If you're a contact lens wearer, you get that. It's like today's a bad contact day. It's like there's a pebble underneath one of them, and I keep like spinning it around to try to figure out how I can get it worked out, but it's not coming out. Anyway, now I've got, uh, you know, red eyes coming because of whatever was sprayed in here. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to giggle my way through the last uh, segment. 888 Seven. Let's go to the calls here. Neil in Woodland Hills. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Pastor Scott, I've, I've got I've got a question um, about wisdom. Do, do we always do what is wisest? Um, like a situation. Does a person who's barely making it, you know, who, who makes peanut butter sandwiches for himself and is really barely making it, does he continue to do that, or does he just take drugs, become an alcoholic, become homeless, and then get to live in a motel? Oh, I see. Is there some wisdom you're suggesting to uh, um, just give up, become homeless, and hope that the uh, city puts you in a hotel? Yeah, it seems to be a lot easier than um, 
going through all the struggles that a lot of people who are barely making it go through. Yeah, well, you know, what would you say the wise thing to do is in that circumstance? Is it wise to become homeless and live on the streets and hope that the city puts you in a hotel? Well, you know, I think I think it's the responsible thing to do is to just continue. Mm. Um, continue to just struggle and do the best that a person can do. I don't know if it's the smartest or the wisest thing to do because um, it is so difficult. And with our, you know, our society helps the homeless, but it really doesn't help those who are, are struggling so much, who are, are making it through the day that really struggle through it. Yeah. You know, Neil, the, um, what I would say to you on the wise question, and, and you basically said it when you said the responsible thing to do would not be to do that. Um, yeah. most, most of the homeless and there are, you know, thousands, I think 70,000 and growing fast in LA County. Most of the homeless never get off the street into a hotel. The city of, of, um, uh, Los Angeles just released uh, their, I'm blanking on the name of the plan, but it's the city plan to try to house homeless people. Um, they have only successfully housed 255 people after spending $68 million. Yeah. Right? And what happens <clears throat> when people end up on the street is if they don't have alcohol problems or drug problems or other issues that sometimes um, hinder people from doing well, they develop those problems very quickly. Um, And so I would say emphatically 100%, the right thing to do, the wise thing to do is to keep on struggling and make your sandwiches and ask yourself every day, what's the wise thing for me to do? Um, Giving up and living on the street uh, is is not the wise thing to do. Sometimes, you know, for some people, maybe somebody listening, that was the only choice you had because of various circumstances. But almost for everybody, the wise thing to do is to keep doing the responsible thing and then ask yourself, what are some other responsible things that I should try to do? Maybe there's a place I can get help. Um, The city's not too great at it. Like you said, that we we aren't too good at helping people who are on the brink you know, I, I think that we should spend a lot more time there because I think we would prevent a lot of homelessness uh, right. if we did that. Um, and I think, you know, for a lot of people living, you know, listening, maybe you are struggling a bit. I found this all the time is that, you know, people, mm. they use their uh, their EBT cards to go to Burger King, right? And you could buy a week of food and then you spend it in one shot for one meal uh, because it's fun to go out. You know, don't do that. Uh, make sure that you've got shelter, make sure that you've got food, and make sure that your your household bills are paid. Do those things first, and then you can start to try to build <clears throat> excuse me some other things um, it, it's wise you know the wise thing to do you know people might argue well, maybe it's a good idea to let the uh, city house you or do other stuff i'm telling you most people do not have a good experience with that uh, mm-hmm. it is it's a kind of a myth. Uh, that some people have come to believe that, oh, the city will take care of me. No, they they probably won't. 
Uh, they're spending $68 million, and most of it's going to contractors uh, and consultants and other people who are making a lot of money on the system and not really helping people. So why not why not help those who are being responsible but really are struggling and the expenses keeps on going up mm-hmm. and there's there's a point where you can't afford everything you have to make a choice between food and housing and um and then all the other expenses you you just do the best you can with them you know you go you go without television or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, That's right. You you, you know, have to put things in an order of, you know, the wise thing to do is you put things in an order of what is going to keep you safe and healthier, right? So nobody, you don't need television, right? You don't, there's a lot of things that we want and it's great to have, you know, but at the end of the day, if it's between television and food, well, you got to choose the food, right? If it's yeah. between television and having, you know, a place to live, you got to pay the rent, uh, you know, before yeah. you do all that. And, and there's a lot of people who are really broke. And when you break down their finances, which I've done a lot as pastor, I just sit down with people sometimes and break it out with them. You find out they make a lot more money than they think, but they're blowing it all on coffees and they're blowing it going out to eat or they're, 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 Cable bill is $300 a month or some wild thing. And, you know, yeah. you don't need that. You're on the brink of homelessness, but you are spending $1,000 you know, $1, a month on things you don't need, um, you know, especially in California. You might ask you know, people who are really struggling, they should ask some out-of-the-box questions. You know, do I need to live in California? I helped a guy one time move from San Diego to Glendale, Arizona, or Peoria, Arizona is where I think he wound up. And the reason it worked for him is that he had a small pension and uh, from his government job, and he had Social Security. That was his only income. But all of it was going to his rent in San Diego. But out there in Arizona, um, he had enough money for food and for transportation with the same income And and a much better apartment that was walking distance to the grocery store and other things. So he had to make yeah. a hard choice, though. He didn't want to make that choice because his friends and family lived in San Diego, who should have been helping him more, but they weren't. Um, he had to make that choice, but it was, I think, the wise thing for him to do because he was much safer yeah. and better off, even though he had to make that. You know, Now, he might have had to deal with loneliness and stuff. You know, he uh, Eventually, I think he got into a, a good church where he met people, you know, so you got to consider all all things, but sometimes you got to think maybe there are uh, choices I can make that seem big at the time, but they pay off. Yeah, that is true because then the food budget could could go up a, a bit to more sustainable level because you don't have to pay as much for it. That's right. So if you're paying two thousand dollars a month. Now, it's gotten expensive now in Arizona, so the the figures I'm talking about were several years ago. But there are other places where maybe you don't really want to live there, but at the same time, you will live better there. And for some people, not everybody, but for some people, that's the wise thing to do. Yeah, that is an option. Yeah. So hang in there, uh, Neil, with uh, you and anybody who's kind of thinking, you know, don't give up and say, I'll just be homeless because the city will take care of me. 
um, that's not likely. And and there are so many other dangers on the street, the drugs, the fentanyl. And it's not always yeah. people who are deliberately getting into that. It's it's just an unsafe environment to be out there on the street. Yeah. So, Neil, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show, and God bless you. And uh, just Thank keep you. asking God for wisdom and what's the wise thing to do. All right, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. I was going to talk a little bit just about, you know, kind of getting into, we're talking about wisdom, so I think about the the wise guys. And, you know, were the wise guys real people? That's part of discernment, is you read the story of the Christmas story, and there's so much magical stuff at Christmas. You know, there's obviously Santa Claus and Frosty and all of that, uh, obviously not. You know, it's different. I don't want to spoil something for your kids, you know, out there. Um, but there, it's pretty easy to discern what parts of the Christmas story are just magical fantasies. But there are some parts of the biblical Christmas story, like a star in the east, angels in the sky. You know, is that real or is that something that should be discarded? Well, if you're wondering, I encourage you to get into what the scriptures actually say, first of all, because that actually answers a lot of questions sometimes, because sometimes we think something's going on and it never really was going on. Um, but you know, the Bible story, Luke begins by setting a historical time frame. Caesar Augustus, real guy, uh, Herod, king of Judea. Uh, he was the, the king of the Jews um, because that was the Jewish land there, Judea, by the way, for anybody wondering about historical accuracy. And because uh, <clears throat> today we want to change all of that. Um, Herod was Herod the Great historically. He did some crazy, amazing things, and he did some terrible things. But one of the things he did was he had an interaction with the wise men. And uh, probably I will get to that when we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show, Thursday edition, uh, 888-528-2557. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. One more, one more segment, Wilbert, to see if we survive the uh, the attack of the air fresheners that is in the studio. The Febreze attack of 2023. Something. Some, we don't know what brand it is, actually, but somebody sprayed something in here that's supposed to clear the air, I think, and it is, it is uh, you know, penetrating my psyche, I think, at some point here. You know, I'm going to become the Terminator or something on the way out. But... Um, hey, tomorrow we are live from uh, Aldic Home for our Christmas toy collection event from Speak Joy and the California Highway Patrol and a Christmas wish. So I want to invite you to uh, bring, <clears throat> excuse me, new unwrapped toys, bicycles, sporting goods, gift cards, and uh, things of that nature for deserving children and teens through, that will go to these kids throughout Southern California at our toy collection event. It's going to be at Aldic Home, which is at 7651 Sepulveda Boulevard in Van Nuys. You can learn all about it by going to kkla.com and click on the uh, banner right there on the front of the page, uh, we're on the front page. And we're going to be doing the show live from there. So you can come by and uh, drop off your, your gift for the toy drive. Looking forward to doing that from Aldic Home. Plus, you can go in there and uh, check out some of their Christmas stuff. It's amazing. It's a great store, actually, just to to go through and get in the Christmas spirit and uh, check it out. So we're looking forward to all of that tomorrow. Go to kkla.com to learn more. You know, when you go through the Bible stories, we're talking about wisdom, and I always think about the, the wise guys, and they're declared wise. Like, history has somehow declared them wise, uh, even though they're, they're 
they're called the Magi in you know some translations. M A G I, Magi. It's not Maggie. You know, like some woman from the East named Margaret who showed up. Uh, that's not who it is. They uh, they could have been kings, but probably uh, they would have said kings. You know, instead these were amazing wise guys. Somehow they were. Uh, described this way. They were astronomers, probably, obviously, because they followed the star, early scientists. Um, And the thing is, is back then, you know, people might say, well, what about the star in the east? Is that a story or is that just a fantasy? You know, what what is that? I think usually the way it's portrayed is probably not the way it was, right? Kind of how does the star move and all of that. Now, it could be a miracle. It could be, and it's biblically acceptable. There aren't really a lot. There's a lot of you know, there's biblical miracles, but there's not like a ton of them that are major this way. It's not like if you've never read the Bible, it's not like every chapter there's some amazing, uh, you know, parting of the Red Sea start type miracle. Uh, so it could be, it could be just miraculous. And that is just fine, you know, for these uh, singular events to signify the birth of the Messiah. It would make all kinds of sense if that's true from a biblical standpoint, and that's fine. But these wise guys, they were it was the idea back then was strange events in the heavens. They were seen to be omens of great change of some kind, right? It could be something for good or something that a great calamity is coming. But these guys thought it was the sign of a good thing, of a new king, and they were obviously scholars. So they probably knew the prophecies of the Old Testament, and they certainly knew them, actually, because that's why they came there. Uh, they're from the, the east, probably from the area of Babylon, where the scriptures would have been taken during the captivity of Israel. Babylon would have had, which is modern-day Iraq, would have had the uh, the Old Testament. The prophets would have been there. The, the Bible, the Old Testament would have been there. And they were wealthy and powerful enough to travel, wealthy enough to travel, but they were powerful somehow because they got an audience with King Herod. King Herod's a real guy, Herod the Great, and he was a uh, great builder and a psychopath and a phony baloney t- uh, king of the Jews. He was set up by Caesar to be king of the Jews, and he liked to... Uh, Make sure that he knew Caesar, that he loved Caesar. That's why he built towns like Caesarea and uh, built a lot of statues of Caesar because he liked his job and he he kissed uh, Caesar's rear end to hold on to that. But he was an amazing builder, ultimately. And the wise guys, the wise men, I keep saying wise guys, I need to say wise men. See, it's the air freshener. It's, I told you it's going to get to my brain before we're done. They got an audience with him. So they were somehow powerful enough to not only get an audience with King Herod, but also not be killed. Um, One guy, there's a guy named Dr. David Hughes, who's from the University of Sheffield, and he actually is a scientist. There are scientists who actually try to figure out what the star might have been, that these guys were, even, even who aren't Christians, who sort of say, well, they were probably following something. What could it have been? And some say it could be a supernova or an alignment of the planets or a comet. You know, how would it move? Well, if you read carefully, it seems that they saw the star from their home in the east first, and then they pick it up later. And one theory is that it's shown just above the horizon, and it might have only been seen at certain times and in certain places because of this, because of the curvature of the earth. And it could have appeared to move or point to a specific location and they follow it. See, and the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, for many people, this part of the story is seen as a fairy tale, you know, as evidence that the whole story isn't true. But to realize that outside of just calling it a miracle, which it could have been, but outside of that, there are physical and natural possibilities that God might have used 
here. Still miraculous, just in another way than how we think of it sometimes. And it's important that we understand the realness of the Christmas story, the realness of these real people and their implications. If the story is true, then nothing more, then there's nothing more important than the life of Christ and what it means to people. If this Christmas story is true, then all the feelings that we have about hope, joy, and peace on earth and all of those things, that this is where it's at. And I want to encourage you to trust the Word of God. And if you're struggling with something because it just sounds too fanciful or something, you know what? Trust the Word of God. You know, it says when King Herod heard these, this message from the wise men that a king was born, he was disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. Why does it say that? He was disturbed because he was the king of the Jews, but if a real legitimate king of the Jews in the line of David is born, then he's going to lose his throne. doesn't matter what Caesar thinks, right? Uh, he could have been made king as a child. The Jews at the t- the, that time would have thought, well, we're going to make Jesus the king now, even though he's two years old, uh, which is why he, Herod set out to, and to kill all the two-year-olds. Some people said, well, we haven't found historical record of this kind of atrocity that he killed all of the babies under two years old. But when you take a look at uh, the population at the time, how many babies, how many kids do you think it probably was? You know what? It was probably 20 or less, just based on you know how many kids in that area are going to be under two. Not very many, actually. And so that, that kind of thing wouldn't be noted from a guy who did much greater evils, actually, uh, in his time, but it does fit within his character. The chief priests and teachers, by the way, the religious people at the time of King Herod, they all were in agreement over where the Messiah would be born because they're looking in the Old Testament. And it's such an interesting thing that this is rooted so much in history that the political leader understood it, and so did the religious leaders, and they were terrified because the religious leaders at the time would have lost their power because Jesus would come and have none of it. They were doing it wrong, and they, they knew that. you know. And so what's interesting in this story is that the world doesn't look at the wise men and say they were fools or to say that they were somehow uneducated morons. Instead, we call them wise, wise men, that they were wise because they figured out what the sign in the heavens meant. They figured out what the Old Testament meant. They figured out who the Messiah was, where he would be born, and what time he would be born, and what all the what all these signs meant. And that's what makes them wise. And that's why they took the gold frank, frankincense and myrrh and worshiped a two-year-old because they knew who he was. They gave him valuable gifts. That's a pretty good deal there in that story. So study those stories. 888-528-2557. Chris and Whittier, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. I just love that insight. And this, I think you're so good at this, is turning flashlight into very dark alleys. Look at this. This kind of hit me because this has been sort of a, a, a pet interest of my own. I think those wise men were alumni of the school of Daniel. If you remember the school Daniel, of Daniel, I don't have a very good connection with you, Chris. You said the school of Daniel. The school of Daniel. Daniel yeah. saved all those wise men way back in the Babylonian captivity. Yeah, and they learned to respect what he had to say. And they, I think, the reason they looked deeply and um, in penetratingly into the Old Testament scriptures is because Daniel um, discipled them, discipled that school. Now, obviously, Daniel's not alive at that point, but he so deeply influenced the wise men of the East that they, they set them on that path. They, 
they basically uh, put the scent to their nose, and they were off like hound dogs looking for that event. Because Daniel prophesied many events that took place from that point forward. Yeah. So there was a, a pretty good credibility that whatever Daniel said about the end times is probably going to happen, so we better be looking for that star. Yeah, that's a good and Even point. though it's not illustrated in the Bible that, about the star, Daniel talking about that, it goes to one of my old sayings that everything in the Bible is true, but not everything is true. It, not everything that is true is actually written in the Bible. There's, Daniel taught those men over, over the course of his lifetime much, much more than ever could be written down in the Word. Yeah. And I think it's just a very interesting connection how those women, those wise men that showed up looking for the King of Kings come from the line of Daniel way back in Babylon. Well, the influence they, of those, those little teenagers that came into that captivity and decided they were going to be men of God among their generation that were just lost as heathens. Yeah, that's right. We're about out of time, Chris. I appreciate your call on that. And, yeah. you know, what it shows us, too, is that you can rely on the Scriptures. The, you know, why did the wise men know this? Because they were in Babylon. They came from a place where the story of Daniel would have been known where the Hebrew scriptures would have been known because of the captivity, the Babylonian Empire and all of that. See, all of these things fit together, and the point of all of it is is that you can trust the Word of God, that if it just doesn't seem right, then investigate. It's okay to ask hard questions. It's okay to challenge things. I want you to do that because I want you to trust the Word of God because your salvation story is right there in the Christmas story that we're talking about and the Easter story that would come later. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We're on every day from 3 to 5. We're out of time for today. Get the podcast. Look for the Pastor Scott Show on your podcast app and click subscribe. Tomorrow we will be live from Aldic Home in Van Nuys for our uh, toy drive. Go to kkla.com and click on the link to figure out more about how you can donate toys to deserving boys and girls right here in the Southland. You can follow me on social media at Pastor Scott Show. Everybody, I'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.